Welcome to Zichud Dav Siman Memorabilia Ram Goldar and today we're going to Sukkah Dav Tezayin. The first parak Sukkah Shihigavoa. So the three Davos are going to focus on number one. The Mishnah on Dav Tezvav Amenov stated, If one hauled out a haystack to make a Sukkah, the Sukkah's puzzle. On our Dav, Rufuna says, Oshanu El they taught this halacha only regarding a case where there was no cavity inside the haystack, one tefach high for a length of seven tefachim. If there was a cavity one tefach high for a length of seven tefachim, then it is a kosher sukkah. Rush explains that for the straw to meet the definition of schach, it would have to cover an empty space of at least one tefach high, but that's the minimum height of an ol. Therefore, if it also has a length of seven tefachim, it would meet the requirement of kosher schach, and there would not be an issue of tasibalominasui. Although the cavity needs to be hauled out further to a height of 10 fachim, that's necessary only in order to make the walls kosher, and the requirement of tasim v'lomin does not apply to sukkah walls. Point number two, the next mission of Yossi disagrees with the Tanakama, who holds that if one constructs sukkah walls from the top down, then if a wall is three tefachim above the ground, it's possible. Rabbi Yossi says, Keshem Just as a wall built from the bottom up is kosher, if it's 10 fachim, so to a wall built from the top down is kosher, provided it's ten tefachim high, regardless of the gap between it and the ground. Now the Gemara explains that Rabbi Yossi maintains mechitza tzuya materis, a suspended partition, is a kosher mechitza. The Gemara brings a Mishnah from Erevin where Rabbi Yudah rules that in a case of a cistern between two chatzeros, the wall running over the cistern should act as a mechitza to legally divide the water, even if it does not enter the cistern's cavity. Rabbi Barachana said in the name of Rabbi Yochanan that Rabbi Yehuda's ruling is in accordance with the opinion of Rabbi Yossi who holds Mechitzatulia Materis in the case of Sukkah walls. And so to hear the wall going over the cistern, which is a Mechitzatulia, is considered a full wall. The Gemara rejects this suggestion, pointing out that perhaps Rabbi Yehuda would only apply the principle to a Durabun, such as Erevin, but not to a Deraisa, such as Sukkah. And perhaps Rabbi Yossi would only apply to a Sukkah, which is an Isra Ase, but not to a matter of Shabbos, which is an Isra Skila. And point number three, Rav Chissa said in the name of Avimi, A mat whose width is four tefachim and a bit is a kosher wall for a sukkah. What does one do to render it a kosher wall? One suspends it midway between the schach and the ground with a gap of less than three tefachim below it and a gap of less than three tefachim above it. And it's a kosher wall because any gap less than three tefachim wide is treated as though it were closed based on lavud. The Gemara explains that one might have thought that we apply the law of Lavud to extend a Mechitza once, but not to apply Lavud to extend it twice. Rav Chisa therefore teaches that we apply Lavud twice to the same Mechitza. So once again, the three points are number one. The Mishan Dav Tezvav Amenalf stated, If one hauled out a haystack, to make a sukkah, the sukkah's pasal on Arda. Rafuna says, They taught this halacha only regarding a case where there was no cavity inside the haystack, one tefachai for a length of seven tefachim. If there was a cavity, one tefachai for a length of seven tefachim, then it is a kosher sukkah. Rashi explains that for the straw to meet the definition of schach, it would have to cover an empty space of at least one tefachai, but that's the minimum height of an ohel. Therefore, if it also is the length of seven tefachim, it would meet the requirement of kosher schach, and there would not be an issue of tas asui. Although the cavity needs to be hauled out further to a height of ten tefachim, that is necessary only in order to make the walls kosher, and the requirement of tas asui does not apply to sukkah walls. 
Point number two, in the next mission, Rabbi Yossi disagrees with the Tanakam who holds that if one constructs sukkah walls from the top down, then if a wall is three tfachim above the ground, it's puzzle. Rabbi Yossi says, Keshem Just as a wall built from the bottom up is kosher if it's ten tfachim, so to a wall built from the top down is kosher, provided it's ten tfachim high, regardless of the gap between it and the ground. The Gemara explains, Rabbi Yossi maintains, Mechitza Tuliya Materas. A suspended partition is a kosher Mechitza. Now the Gemara brings a Mishnah from Erevin, where Rabbi Yehuda rules, that in a case of a cistern between two Chatzeros, the wall running over the cistern should act as a Mechitza to legally divide the water, even if it doesn't enter the cistern's cavity. Rabbi Barachana said, in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, the Rabbi Yehuda's ruling is in accordance with the opinion of Rabbi Yossi who holds, Mechitza Tuliya Materis in the case of the Sukkah walls. And so to hear the wall going over the cistern, which is the Mechitza Tuliya, is considered a full wall. The Gemara rejects this suggestion, pointing out that perhaps Rabbi Yehuda would only apply the principle to a Durabun, such as Arabin, but not to a Daraisa, such as Sukkah. And perhaps Rabbi Yossi would only apply it to Sukkah, which is an Isser Ase, but not to a matter of Shabbos, which is an Isser Skila. And point number three, Rav Chista said in the name of Avimi, A mat whose width is four tefachim and a bed is a kosher wall for a sukkah. What does one do to render it a kosher wall? One suspends it midway between the schach and the ground with a gap of less than three tefachim below it and a gap of less than three tefachim above it. And it's a kosher wall because any gap less than three tefachim wide is treated as though it were closed based on lavud. The Gemara explains that one might have thought, that we apply the law of lavud to extend a mechitza once, but not to apply lavud to extend it twice. Rav Chisa therefore teaches that we apply lavud twice to the same mechitza. All right, so now we go to our simon for Daftaz Zayin, and our standard simon is toes, toes. So here goes. The acrobat who did continuous backflips using his toes to haul out a haystack that had a cavity, one tefachai, landed with one foot under a mechitza tuya and the other under a suspended mat that was four tefachim and a bit in size. Once again, slow motion. The acrobat who did continuous backflips using his toes, toes, that must be more enough, tezayin. The acrobat who did continuous backflips using his toes to haul out a haystack that had a cavity, one tefachai, which reminds us that in the case of a chote begadish, if one hauled out a haystack and there was a cavity one tefachai for a length of seven tefachim, then it is a kosher sukkah. Rush explains that for the straw to meet the definition of schach, it would have to cover an empty space of at least one tefachai, for that's the minimum height of an oath. Therefore, if it also has the length of seven tefachim, it would meet the requirement of kosher schach, and there would not be an issue of tasvalominasui. Although the cavity needs to be hauled out further to a height of 10 fachim, that's necessary only in order to make the walls kosher, and the requirement of Tazvalaminasui does not apply to sukkah walls. So, the acrobat who did continuous backflips using his toes to haul out a haystack that had a cavity, one tefachai, landed with one foot under a mechitza tuya, which reminds us, in the next mission, Rabbi Yossi holds that if one constructs sukkah walls from the top down, then even if a wall is three tefachim above the ground or higher, it's kosher, for he maintains that a mechitza tuya is materis, a suspended partition is a kosher mechitza. A similar case from Erevin is brought, where Rabbi Yudu rules that in the case of a cistern between two chatzeros, the wall running over the cistern should act as mechitza to legally divide the water, even if it doesn't enter the cistern's cavity and suggests that Rabbi Yudu's ruling is in accordance with the opinion of Rabbi Yossi, who 
holds mechitzatui materis in the case of the sukkah. And so to hear the wall going over the cistern, which is a mechitzatui, is considered a full wall. The Gemara rejects the suggestion, pointing out that perhaps Rabbi Yehuda would only apply the principle to a derabanan, such as ervin, but not to a deraisa, such as sukkah. And perhaps Rabbi Yosef would only apply to a sukkah, which is an iser ase, but not to a matter of Shabbos, which is an iser skila. So the acrobat who did continuous backflips using his toes to hollow out a haystack that had a cavity one tefachai landed with one foot under a mechitza tuya and the other under a suspended mat that was four tefachim and a bit in size. Which reminds us, mechitzelos arbo mashu materis pasuk mishum dovan, a mat whose width is four tefachim and a bit and is suspended midway between the schach and the ground with a gap of less than three tefachim below it and a gap of less than three tefachim above it is a kosher wall because any gap less than three tefachim wide is treated as though it were closed based on love. The Gemara explains that one might have thought chad lavud amrin, tre lavud lomrin, that we apply the law of lavud to extend a mechitza once, but not to apply lavud to extend it twice. Rav Chista therefore teaches that we apply lavud twice to the same mechitza. So once again, the acrobat who did continuous backflips using his toes to haul out a haystack that had a cavity, one tefachai, landed with one foot under mechitza tuluya, and the other under a suspended mat that was four tefachim and a bit in size. Alright, now it's time for a four-blot-bat chazorah. Dafyud base. So the similar Dafyud base is twelve brothers. So here goes. Six brothers pranked other six brothers. Twelve brothers in total. That must be one Daf Yud base. Six brothers brought bundles of straw from the field to store it and then hid in a hollowed out haystack. Which reminds us, Rabbi Yumi clarifies based on a statement said in the name of Yochanan that the reason why tied bundles may not be used for schach is Mishum Gezeris Otsar because of rabbinic decree against the use of a storage house. And the explanation for why the hollowed out haystack is puzzle is because of the derisa of Tasev Lominasui. So six brothers brought bundles of straw from the field to store and then hid in a hollowed out haystack. After they pranked their other six brothers' sukkah with schach made of female arrow shafts, which reminds us the Rav Yudah said in the name of Rav that if one would cover the sukkah with male arrow shafts, it's kosher, but if you cover with female arrow shafts, it's puzzle. With the first of halacha of male arrow shafts being kosher, Rav is coming to teach that we're not goes against male shafts because of female shafts. And with the second halacha of Benakevus Basul, he's come to clarify that one might have said, base kibo asilu malus loshme kibo, a receptacle made to be filled permanently, is not considered a receptacle, a base kibo, and since the female arrow shaft is made to be filled permanently, it should not be makabal tuma. Therefore, Rav teaches that it is considered a base kibo and cannot be used as chach. So six brothers brought bundles of straw from the field to store and then hid in a hollowed out haystack after they pranked their other six brothers sukkah with schach made of female arrow shafts and plenty of smelly herbs. Which reminds Rabbi Yudas said that one may use ferns and artemisia herbs for schach since they're not fit for consumption and therefore not makabotuma. Abai said that one may use ferns for schach but not artemisia herbs since their odor is offensive and one will abandon the sukkah and leave. Dafyud Gimel, so the similar Dafyud Gimel is a bar mitzvah boy. So here goes. The guests at the sukkah themed bar mitzvah party that feature bound date palm stumps as centerpieces listen attentively to the bar mitzvah bacher, bar mitzvah bacher, that must be more in Dafyud Gimel. The guests at the sukkah themed bar mitzvah party that feature bound date palm stumps as centerpieces, which reminds the Rav Gittel said in the name of Rav that one may use the offshoots of the date palm for schach, although they're bound together at their base and resemble a bundle because and even if one would bind the offshoots together, which Rosh explains is done to make the offshoots lay flat and smooth in the way that they cover the top of the sukkah and provide shade, it's still not deemed an eged because a binding of a single object is not deemed an eged. So the guests at the sukkah-themed bar mitzvah party that featured bound date palm stumps as centerpieces listen attentively to the bar mitzvah bachar speaking inside a conical bird hunter hut 
Which reminds Rabbi Abba said that these conical bird hunter huts made of arabos, once their upper knots are undone, they're kosher to be used as schach. And when the Gemara asks why they're kosher, since they're still bound together below, Rabbi Abba answered by discussing a case where he untied the rope holding together below, but left the braid intact. Rabbi Abba is teaching that even though the braiding is in place, the branches may be used as schach. Rabbi Funa braided Rabbi Shu answered that you can even say he did not untie the bottom knot. The reason they're kosher for schach is because eged she'enu asuli otaltolo loshme eged. Any eged that's not made in a manner that allows it to be carried is not deemed an eged and is therefore fit for schach. And Rashi explains that the branches would slip out of the braid once it's carried. So the guests at the Sukkothim Bar Mitzvah party that featured bound date palm stumps as centerpieces listen attentively to the Bar Mitzvah Bacher speaking inside a conical bird hunter hut about the crumbling nature of moral leaves which make moral puzzle as schach, which reminds us, Rabbi Abba said in the name of Shmuel, that Mara cannot be used as chach, since when it dries up, it crumbles and falls down and ceases to form a roof. Therefore, it's as though they're not even here before they dry up. Daf Yadal, the simmer Daf Yadal is a hand, and we use a juggler. So here goes. The juggler, juggler, that must more on Daf Yadal, Yad, hand. The juggler juggling pitchforks, as he daven, which reminds Rabbi Lazar, said, Why are the tefillahs of Siddiq compared to a pitchfork? To tell you, Just as the pitchfork turns over the grain that's on the threshing floor and tosses it from one place to another, so to the tefillahs of Siddiq turn over, so to speak, the attitude of a Kosh Baruch Hu, from the attribute of harsh judgment to the attribute of mercy. So the juggler juggling pitchforks as he davened while standing on sukkah boards that were less than four tefachim wide, which reminds the next Mishnah states, Masachim Menasarin Divin Rabbi Rabbi Meir Osa, Rabbi Yehuda says, we may cover a sukkah with boards, but Rabbi Meir prohibits them. Rav says, the Malchok is with boards that have a width of at least four tefachim. The Rabbi Meir Eisle Gezer is ticker for Rabbi Meir subscribes to the rabbinic decree prohibiting boards that resemble those of the roof of a house. And Rabbi Yehuda does not hold the Gezer's tikra and therefore permits such boards. They both agree that boards that are less than four tefachim our kosher Shmuel says they disagree regarding boards that are between three and four tefachim wide. Rabbi Yudah holds that since they lack the size of a makam chashim, a significant area, we're not gozer that they are puzzle. Where Rabbi holds that since they are beyond the scope of lavud, we are gozer that they are puzzle. So the juggler juggling pitchforks as he davened while standing on sukkah boards that were less than four tefachim wide. Drop one between some sukkah boards that were standing on their sides. Which reminds us, it was stated, if one turned the boards on their sides and covered the sukkah with them, Rav Huna says that they are puzzled, and Rav Nachman explains that they are truly like metal spits that are makabotum, but Rav Chist and Rav of Rav Huna say that they are kosher because the Rabban only prohibited boards that resemble the roof of a house, which is not the case here. Dov Tezvav, so the similar Dov Tezvav is a fruit bowl. So here goes. The fruit bowl display, fruit bowl, that must be one Dov Tezvav. The fruit bowl display in the sukkah came crashing down when one bakr loosening the boards on top started shaking them, which reminds us that the next Mishnah states that Tikrashenolahamazeva, a roof of boards that has no plaster on it, Rabbiuda says the Beisham and Beisola disagree over what must be done to render it kosher as chach. Beishamai says, time. One loosens the board because of Tazvominasui and takes out one board from between every two boards because he holds of Gezer's Tikra. Beisola say, time. One loosens them or takes one board from between every two boards because he doesn't hold of Gezer's Tikra and therefore only one of the two methods is necessary to overcome the problem that they were originally placed there. For a house, Ramirez says, no to in time, be the fuck bake. Ramirez, we learn holds that four fucking boards are possible for schach and need to be replaced with kosher schach, and once that is done, no other action is necessary. 
So the fruit bowl display in the sukkah came crashing down when one bacher loosening the boards on top started shaking them as another one knocks them over while inserting metal spits. Which reminds me, the next mission says that one who makes a roof over a sukkah with spits or with the sides of the bed if there is space between them as wide as the items themselves and he fills the gaps with kosher schach, the sukkah is kosher. And the Gemara suggests that the mission is not in accordance with Rav Huna, but Rav Shua holds parts go omed aser. The Gemara answers Rav Huna would say that the mission means a case of beneathness for yotze, where a spit would go in and out of each gap easily, meaning the gaps are wider than the spits. Rav answers the mission can even be a case where the gaps were not enlarged slightly more than the width of the spits. Rather, if the spits were placed lengthwise, then he placed the valid schach crosswise across the top of the spits. And if he placed the spits crosswise, he placed the valid schach lengthwise. In these cases, the valid schach will exceed the puzzle spits. So the fruit bowl display and the sukkah came crashing down when one bachar loosening the boards on top started shaking them as another one knocks them over while inserting metal spits and tossing over some old clothes as chach. Which reminds us, the Mishnah stated that the signs of a bed are not valid as chach. And the Gemara suggests that this supports the opinion of Rabbi Ami Yom, who said that if one covered a sukkah with worn out pieces of clothing, the sukkah's puzzle, although these pieces of fabric are no longer kalim and should therefore be kosher, the Rabbanu goes that, that since they were originally part of kalim that were makabotuma, they cannot be used as chach. The more deflects his proof, saying that the mission is dealing with a long side of bed with two short legs, or a short side with two legs, which means these sides of the bed are kalim and are thus possible for schach. All right, that concludes today's shear. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichum. Wishing you a great day and great learning.